Welcome back to Womenology Podcast. It's dark out, Sarah. Yep. <laughs> it's not five o'clock yet, but it is dark. It's not five o'clock yet. It's dark. And is it cold there? It sure is. Freezing here. And keep in mind, I did a, I do, I do a 6.30 a.m. walk for mm-hmm. this client who, thank God, lives across the street. And I usually take the dog across the near the East River. So that adds to the chill factor. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty brutal. <laughs> it was pretty brutal. Uh, are you a person who enjoys winter given, given the right preparation? Um, no. Okay. okay. I kind of <laughs> like it. See, I'm from New England where it was snowstorm, snowstorm. It was just such constant snow. Yeah. I love fall and I love spring. Okay. I don't like the extreme. All right. The, the extreme heat or the extreme cold? No. Yeah. Why? You like it? I kind of like it. Yeah. Okay. This is scintillating, and I'm sure everyone has pre- pretty much clicked off at this point. <laughs> so, so, Sarah, how has your week been? <laughs> um, my week has been the the kind of week that uh, makes me check my retirement savings and. <laughs> <laughs> resignedly go back to my desk yeah i keep working because i can't retire yet uh but i keep thinking about it <laughs> so you don't you probably don't want to go into too much detail but stress at the office dear. It, it's just been too much it's just too much work like i saw a, a meme this week that was like every day there is a new thing to do and i'm sick of it yep. and i agreed <laughs> I agreed with that meme. If you could have liked it a thousand times, you would have. Yeah, it's just yeah. a new thing all the time. Um, this is also the point in the semester where I get uh, what we call empathy fatigue. Uh huh. <laughs> where See, I have that period, I have that completely all the time. Yeah, okay, you right. Yeah. You so is that cyclical for you as well, or do you just have it as a state of? It's period? it's cyclical. It's cyclical, right. definitely. Yeah, so it's November and February for me, um, but it's it's just yeah, it, I just get I'm at that point where I'm like, oh you, oh you got a problem, so so interesting. Dude, it's in the syllabus. Groundbreaking. <laughs> Groundbreaking. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like please don't tell me your problem because I I don't really want to hear your problem, but I will react to it and offer some sympathy, but uh, I am not interested enough to hear about it. <laughs> Well, or like, don't tell me about your problem if you're not going to do anything about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's where we're at. That's I where we're at. That something very exciting happened yesterday that I did not see coming at all, which is I somehow pulled off getting tickets to the Bikini Kill reunion tour. The, the what and now? My, my, my inner 12-year-old is so excited. What's the, what is this? Bikini Kill is a band that was that was big uh, before I was old enough to see them, and so now they have a reunion tour, and uh, it's uh, it's sponsored by American Express. <laughs> and I don't even care. Keep keep repackaging my childhood and selling it back to me. I'll I will buy it. Cool, that's good. That's nice. How did you get the tickets? Um, I DM'd a random person on Twitter 
um, who said, hey, if anyone needs the pre-sale code, I have it. And I, I just was thinking like, oh, well, worst case scenario, this doesn't work, right? Right. And last time I tried to get tickets, I had some in my cart um, and they just, they just were, they were gone within seconds, like less mm-hmm. than a minute, literally. Yeah. They were yeah. gone. And so I was like, oh, well, this is probably not going to work. But then it did. Oh, good. So, thank you, random person on Twitter. That's nice. I'm glad you had something nice happen this week. Yeah. My sister called me last night. Uh, I don't know where she was. She was somewhere. And she ran into my stepbrother. Okay. Now, for background, my stepbrother, now we grew up, my father married my stepmother. She had three sons. We grew up with them. Um, And the stepbrother that she ran into was just one year younger than me. Okay. And after my father died, uh, my stepmother got all of his stuff, got everything. Yeah. Uh, And uh, she ended up dying three months after he did. Like she got sick. They found out she found out she had lung cancer about two months after he died. She died five weeks later. Okay. And uh, so she decided to. disinherit all my father's kids and leave all his money as one does and leave all my father's money and property and whatever to her three sons. Uh So my sister runs into my stepbrother yesterday. And of course he sort of freezes when he sees her. Sure. As one does. (laughs) And he said, you know, like, I guess they start talking and he's like, you know, I know everybody's mad, and I just feel really terrible. And oh, oh, yeah? How terrible? How, just enough to like, give it back? Enough to give it back, you fucking give asshole. And P.S., it's not mad, it's hurt, you fucking asshole. We're not mad that your stepmother gave you all of our grandparents and our uncle and our immigrant family who built businesses and worked their fingers to the bone. We're not mad that she gave you that money and the money that my father busted his hump to earn, um, were hurt. We're hurt. That's what it is. You fucking asshole. I mean, I'm mad. (laughs) (laughs) And, and I think that was something that people never really understood when I, when I did talk about it, people, you know, people would say, well, it was hers to do with what she wanted. Well, um, no. Uh, sure. Well, no. I mean, technically, I mean, it's not like it's not. It wasn't even like it was left to her. You know, there was no will because my father thought he was going to die first, yeah. and he did not want to have to choose between. And this is my theory: he did not want to have to choose between my stepmother and my sisters. And he had he had all these little side deals with other sisters where he had given them this and given them that, and he knew yeah. he had to make it fair. So uh, she didn't really inherit it, to, like. In the truest sense, she got it because her name was on other things, like on the bank account and on the whatever. So my sister's telling me this story last night, and I really don't I, I really don't think about it. I, I don't because I can't. Because right. yeah. it's it's just too hurtful. It's just too hurtful. And it's like, look, it sucks what you did to me. It sucks that you know, you, like I took my stepmother, I took to my stepmother right away because I didn't really know my mother. Uh-huh. And, um, it, it, it sucks that it turns out that that relationship was probably a lie. Um, 
what's devastating is that you did the one thing that you knew my father didn't want. And my father was so clear about that. You know, he would get them her son's jobs. He would, you know, if she wanted to buy them stuff, she gave him money. He gave her money. He helped my younger stepbrother get an apartment. But as far as the things he did for us, we were his children. And my father, as an Italian man, old school felt the, the father takes care of his family and they have a yeah. father and your older sons, they can go to their father. They're, I'm not doing for them. And my stepmother never really liked that. Yeah. I mean, at the very at the very least, it could have been split evenly between the kids and her. But instead, she wanted to act like a fucking viper. Instead, she wanted to act like a fucking viper. And she was petty and she was angry. And look, you know, <sighs> trauma sucks. And it does things to our brains and it, it just, it, we are not ourselves when we suffer trauma and she was dying, but of course she didn't know she was dying. And there was a lot of things, a lot going on and to sure. make it worse. You know, one of my sisters swooped in and encouraged my stepmother to get her will drawn up mere weeks after my father died, which PS don't do, don't make any major decisions while you're in the throes of grief. And do you really think, though, that she hadn't thought about it before that? Because oh. um, this reeks of a of a lifelong plan to a me. A life. Well, keep in mind, my stepmother had scleroderma. My stepmother was effectively dying. My stepmother was yeah. very ill. My stepmother did, never had a will, and you know why? And and here's the thing: my father, my father set up the wills for everybody in his family. He knew the importance of a will. It's not like he was stupid or lazy or reckless. He just could not make that choice. He couldn't. And so he never encouraged my stepmother to make up a will because he did not want her to do what she did. Uh And so to hear like my sister have this conversation with my stepbrother and never once bring up, did you bring up dad? Did you bring up what she did to dad? Because fuck the money that we could have gotten. And yes, it would have made my life a hell of a lot easier. And I did, you know, it's not like I was completely, you know, my father did do some planning for for us and and put a a nice chunk of money aside for us. But that was 10 years ago almost. And it it would have helped my life immeasurably. But that's not the point. She did the thing she knew would break my father's heart. Because my father always wanted to take care of his children. You know, he had a daughter that was dying. He had, you know, so another one whose husband had died and she was working three jobs. And so it it irritated me that uh, my sister didn't, did just didn't defend my father. Just that, that will, that will just always, always. I mean, it's me that your stepbrother didn't. (laughs) Yeah, my stepbrother. And this is the stepbrother who my father helped, you know, pay for school and helped. Sure get the apartment. And I just thought, you, you know what he would have wanted, you yeah. know, it's, it's just such a fucked up situation, but just the fact yeah, when she brought it up, I'm like, Oh, right. That happened because I literally do not think about it. Right. Well, I mean, you can't think about it or you'll just, uh, it's, you'll it, never, you'll, yeah, it's <laughs> so it's enraging. So um, speaking of stepmothers, Sarah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and step, step siblings. Uh-huh. You like that segue, people? I, I I knew what I wanted to get out, and I knew. She's a 
professional. I, I am. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Segway, people. Okay. So we're going to talk a Dear Prudence letter. And Sarah and I are on the same page on this one. Sarah, do you have the letter up or do you want me to read it? I do. I'm, I'm ready to go. You go. <laughs> okay. Well, I have to, I have to read the headline because that's really great. My sister called off her wedding and is furious I'm going on her honeymoon. <laughs> okay. Dear Prudence, I wouldn't have been able to go to my half-sister's wedding due to a work conflict. I wanted to show my support, so I bought her an expensive Hawaiian honeymoon package. Only a month before the wedding, the lovebirds broke up due to rampant cheating on both sides. This has caused our father a lot of embarrassment and cost a pretty penny. I managed to transfer the vacation package back to myself and made plans to go with a friend. It is non-refundable, and my boss would be happier if I don't take off Christmas. Only now my half-sister is freaking out because she can't go to Hawaii. She claims she deserves it after all the stress she's been under. I reminded her that you can't go on a honeymoon if you aren't married. My stepmother called this insensitive. I made the mistake of saying I'd be happy to take my half-sister with me if she'd been the only one who got cheated on, but she needed time to reflect and maybe see a therapist more than she needed a suntan. My stepmother is now twice as angry with me, and I know I am the easier target, but for crying out loud, my half-sister was sleeping with two other men during her engagement, including her fiancé's brother. So what should I do here? Signed, who gets the honeymoon? Huh. So um, what I think the stepmother... Wait, do you want to do the the response first, or should we? Uh, I think we could paraphrase the response since it's wrong. <laughs> it's, it's all wrong. Since it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so Prudence basically says your stepmom was right to call you insensitive. You're being too flippant. You're being demeaning. Very judgy. Um, couch this in saying something like oh i'm sorry things didn't work out for you i bought you a wedding gift and wouldn't have paid for a regular vacation so i hope you can find something relaxing to do on your own um and i think that's a lot of tiptoeing around someone's feelings who you don't owe shit yeah Uh, how about you fucked up your wedding crashed and burned because you and your fiance are assholes i'm going to hawaii bye-bye i mean right this is a way, way nicer gift than, than I would get anyone. Like how many people, how many people take it upon themselves? One person say, I'm going to get you a honeymoon package. Who does that? No Nobody. That's the thing that like people chip in on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and for her, for the former bride to be, at all indignant about yeah. this is yeah. just appalling. Yeah. Do you have any shame at all for the choices you've made in your life? And keep in mind, again, here here's that entitlement thing. You know, she's banging her fiance's brother, which just sounds like a goddamn soap opera. And yeah. she still thinks, well, I'm deserving of something because this has been very stressful. But But you caused the stress. You and your fiance right. caused the stress. <laughs> and hey, P.S. Stepmother, bang up job raising that kid, <laughs> right? Yeah. I um, as as you know, Kristen, I am a big fan of uh, just piecing out from <laughs> toxic family members. <laughs> well, that's why we're doing um, this. <laughs> which I, I know 
which I know is not a super popular opinion, but at some point everybody's an adult. And I think that's the perfect time for you to be like, you know what? These, this person yeah. is a nightmare. Yep. I, I don't owe them anything. <laughs> We're not that attached. We're not yeah. that close. I mean, I, I kind of wonder if, uh, the honeymoon was purchased um, knowing it was non-refundable because in the back of her mind somewhere she was like, oh, well, maybe I can use it. I mean, that, that's a long con. You know what I mean? Like, that's, it's far, it's unlikely, possible, but it unlikely. Is. It is. It is unlikely. Uh, and that's the thing about this. Like, that's so unlikely that it, it just the unmitigated gall to be like, but that's my vacation that I didn't pay for. Like, what are you, an influencer? <laughs> what are you, Carol and Callaway? Pay for your shit. <laughs> your own shit and i what is it this is where i'm gonna sound old what is it with the younger generation where they think think, (laughs) everyone should buy them shit like the gofundme i um there's a what there's somebody who just rags on carolyn calloway mercilessly every day and talks yeah. about you know how she's a grifter and she's this and that. And meanwhile, this this woman lives with her mother because she's been fired twice and evicted twice, and now she she has a GoFundMe, and she can't get a job, and she wants to move For to New what? York, and she has a GoFundMe because she wants to move to New York. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Does she know that she's gonna need to raise like? Yeah, P.S. If you can barely afford, you can barely afford to live with your mother in somewhere. You're never going to be able to live in New York. But that's what I mean. No. It's this entitlement and nope. this uh, cognitive dissonance. Like, how are you making fun of her? What? Yeah. But you, but you're kind of. I mean, <laughs> you're kind of doing the same thing. Do you not see this? Yeah. So, yeah, um, this chick is banana pants, and she doesn't deserve a honeymoon, and the letter writer is totally within the totally in the right to want to take the honeymoon because she paid for it. And P.S., when you cancel a wedding, you give back the gifts anyway. It doesn't matter that she, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter yeah, that oh. she's your sister. <laughs> and, oh, I don't have to give that one back, right? No, you do. Anybody that bought you a gift and you didn't get married, you give it back. So... Once that marriage is canceled, yeah. that's no longer your gift. So go right. fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> go to like beach bum tanning and slip into one of those beds and get a suntan for yourself. And you know what? Maybe maybe do a little introspection while you're in there. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is so wild. <laughs> and this is not the only thing like this that I read this week. There was that viral Facebook thread of the the people who were and they were taking the money wedding. and the gifts. Now you know that that was fake, right? Uh, see, because we I would totally would have yes. talked about that, but I before I did, I we had to go digging because I didn't want to talk about it if it was fake. But sadly, the fact that it was so many people believed it goes to show you that this shit happens all the time, and people were willing to believe it for a moment. Yeah. Well, I think we're I think we're in this really weird um, <laughs> phase in history where, like, we're not 
we don't have all of the formalities we used to have. Like people don't do wedding China anymore, for example. And like, you know, you typically live together before you marry someone. And, and I think that etiquette has just sort of gone by the wayside because in 99% of your life, you don't need to be that formal, but sometimes you yeah. need to know what the like rules what's are. Appropriate. <laughs> like if you don't get married, you <laughs> You need to give the guests that's, that's, that's good that's, one. That's, that's just basic example. etiquette. Yeah, I feel like people just, they forget. Etiquette only is used when it's convenient for them. It can help them. But when it cannot, they don't want to use it. They think it's outdated. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Next up. Uh, T.I. That was, a, that, was a, that was a rough Oof. one this week. Yeah. That was a rough one. So. Uh, let's see. This is an article on the Washington Post, and it's by Monica Hess. So she says, surely we can all agree that it's really weird for a man to escort his adult daughter on an annual pilgrimage to the gynecologist to assess whether her hymen is still intact. Or, terrifyingly, maybe we can't agree on this, since a 2016 survey of 288 American OBGYNs revealed that 10% of them had been asked by female patients or their family members to perform medically absurd virginity tests. Uh, now, I'm going to stop there. Yeah. Why would a female patient need to do a virginity test? I don't understand. Oh, they want to make sure the hymen is still intact. Um, that's Okay, so... Yes. And I actually read a couple years ago um, that you can buy uh, what is essentially like a balloon full of fake blood to use on your wedding night. If you if if your if your spouse needs evidence, quote unquote, air quote, I I, I don't uh, I don't I don't remember like bleeding my first time. Well, right. I I don't think I did either. This is a common misconception. And this is right. why it's so important science to study people, science. It's your friend. Because science. Uh, yeah, this isn't a thing. You can't. You right. cannot prove virginity. Not, get it out of your head. Um, but it is, it's such a misconception and it's so dangerous for so many women. Like, not even in America, just, like, worldwide. I mean, if your husband, like, certain marriages, if your husband thinks you're not a virgin, like, he yeah. can kill you, and it's fine. It's allowed. Uh, okay. So we're, so, so we're so, doing this. He, uh, <laughs> further down in the article. Anyway, she says, we are talking, obviously, about T.I., the rapper and actor, who told a podcast this week that he engaged in this practice and who was then immediately hit with the slapdown and such behavior uh, and, and that such behavior deserved everyone from Planned Parenthood to Rolling Stone responded with horror and T.I.'s daughter, the one he'd claimed had no problem with the ritual proceeded to hit like on a variety of tweets critical of her father. Ooh, burn. <laughs> Shame delivered, problem solved. Except that T.I.'s impulse didn't come from nowhere. Nobody wakes up one morning and spontaneously decides that good parenting requires latex gloves and stirrups with an end goal of what exactly? 
standing outside your daughter's hotel room on her wedding night, demanding to examine a wad of bloody sheets. This act was bizarrely medieval, but it wasn't a complete outlier, the relic of some distant chapter of human history. Vagina panic is still a central theme to modern fatherhood. I think we just found the title for this week's episode. Vagina panic. (laughs) There's a spectrum. That's also my band's name. <laughs> that's, that's my memoir. <laughs> There's a spectrum, of course. Fathers, if you, ever, if you have ever escorted your daughter to a purity ball or presented her with, the pro- with a promise ring or done anything else implying that her virginity is something she should preserve for you rather than for herself, you're definitely on this spectrum. <laughs> if you've ever strolled over to your daughter's homecoming date and told him to have her at home by 11 because you have a concealed carry permit and a brother in the CIA, <laughs> you are, I deeply regret to inform you, on this spectrum. Mm. Was your father like this? No. Yeah, my father was not either uh, at all. Uh, you know, and I, I can't, you know, we just said earlier how old school he was, and yet I don't remember him being like this with any of my sister's boyfriends. I didn't really date much as a kid so that it never really came up. The only thing I that my father, I knew my father wanted was he wanted me to be with an Italian guy. So I would, Oh, I'm dating someone. So, Oh, what's his name? Oh, Mike. No. What's his last name? (laughs) (laughs) But that was it. And at the end of the day, if it was somebody that made me happy, he didn't give a shit. Yeah. Um, Yeah. This whole thing about, I'm not going to let my daughter date until she's blah, 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 blah. Yeah, well, uh-huh. you say that because you know men are fucking pigs. That's why you say that. It's not really about your daughter. It's more or her honor or her virtue. It's it's right. uh, about just how sleazy and awful uh, most white men are. <laughs> Sorry to say. Um, yeah. Well, and it also sort of to me reveals an element of like of panic over the fact that like oh shit now she's. I don't know, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, whatever, right? And you realize you've failed to prepare her for the world. Whoops. Yeah, I, I, I do. I think that if a, if a parent, male or female, mother or father, uh, if they get to, if they feel like, oh, I'm going to lock my kid in a room, that's them admitting, I don't want to do the, the hard parent stuff. You know, right. I don't, I don't want to teach them about like how evil the world can be, but I also, I want to be their pal. I don't want to be the, the, the person who dishes out, you know, punishment or reprimands or anything like that. Yeah. There's a, uh, so the, the counterpoint to this, (laughs) there was a piece in the New Yorker (laughs) last year called, if you ever hurt my daughter, I swear to God, I'll let her navigate her own emotional growth. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that is the correct response. yeah i mean as a parent i'm sure there's if someone hurts your child i'm sure it's just it, like it's it's primal to want to lash out to, to protect your your young to protect your, your children but however we are not wolves <laughs> we are not We're wolves not. <laughs> we have the ability to reason and our job as humans is to prepare the youngins for when they're off away from us, when we can't see them and they're making their own decisions. 
Yeah, I thought you were gonna say we're not wolves, so we need to stop fixating so much on blood. Also which true. Is also true. Also true. And I also want to say uh, from this article, here's another potential uh, title for this for this episode. You might not be on the spectrum, but you're spectrum adjacent. You're just a few zip codes away from Hymanland. I like Hymanland. I think we should change the name. Hymanland. The phrase comes from a paternal impulse to protect daughters from harm. So does vagina panic, except the hymen doesn't need protection because sex isn't inherently harmful when a grown woman chooses it. Fathers, if you've done these things, it's not entirely your fault. These are behaviors and phrases that popular culture mines for laughs and sentimentality. Ha ha, some Tim Allen lookalike has padlocked his daughter's door so she can't go on a date. Ha ha, now he's followed her to the restaurant to spy from behind the lobster tank. But cue the swell of music when his daughter discovers him instead of telling him she's creeped out. She tells him he doesn't need to worry. She's not going to do anything. He raised her right, and by right we mean chaste, father of the year. One thing my father did do, I have to say, is uh, after I got my license and I drove to school by myself for the first time, uh, he followed me. (laughs) And I came home that day. And and this is is a little different because I'm now in a car and I could literally kill myself or somebody else. So I can kind of understand wanting to make sure I know what I'm doing. (laughs) Um, But I can remember coming home and he said something like, you ran that red light today. And I'm like, yeah, I did. You know what? wait a minute. And I went, did you follow me? And he started laughing. And instead of getting angry, I remember even as a, you know, 16 or 17 year old being like, oh, that's kind of sweet. And there is, and I don't know what that says about me. I yeah. think that's a totally different thing because that's, that is, that's your yeah. safety, right? That's your physical well being. And your sex life, I mean, yeah, does involve your safety. Right. But like, this is not really the same thing. Okay. I I just don't know. It's very, I don't really hear people talking like this anymore. And most of the male friends that I've had in, in life, their daughters are now, it's so funny because I'll see on Facebook, they're like, yeah, you know, so-and-so driving so-and-so to her senior year of college. I'm like, wait a minute, how's that possible? What? What? <laughs> 20 years? Yeah. And, it, it, and I can remember these were guys who, when the, when the daughter was first born, they're like, yeah, she's not dating until she's 16 and we're just lock her in the room and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it really is about, what is it about? Is it about virtue of, oh, I don't want a daughter that's, that has had sex. There's something like tainted about that. I don't know. It, it would it would be interesting to find a man who would talk about it honestly. <laughs> um, I I think in a lot of cases this is um, this comes out mm-hmm. of the evangelical movement because um, they're the ones that invented purity balls, and they're you know they're all about that sort of paternal um, worldview. So it makes sense for them. I, I don't know what T.I.'s religious convictions are, but I, I think the, the bigger question <laughs> this raises for me is why are there so many gynecologists complicit in this? Uh, why, well, why aren't they having their license taken away? Why, like, why, like, why is someone <laughs> who is a doctor <laughs> willing to do this for you? Why don't they tell you? That's not a thing. 
because, and I can remember when my mother, when my mother was diagnosed stage four, she was dying. Like the, the, the doctor didn't tell my mother. He told my father. Right. Mm, And that was what they did. My mother was, she had massive mental illness, very, very, very deep panic and anxiety. But still my mother too, didn't know she was dying. But the doctor told my father, I'm like, how is that even ethical? Legal, legal, yeah. ethical, like what? But that was standard. They, they, they nobody blinked an eye at it. Oof. Yeah. I, if you're, <laughs> um, well, so interestingly, um, I read something a couple years ago. I, I think it was in Marie Claire about how few gynecologists actually know how to give you an IUD. They don't learn it in med school, apparently. Um, it's not, it's not part of the standard curriculum. So depending on where you go to medical school, you may or may not know how to insert an IUD. And, um, what this, uh, what this article discovered basically was that doctors, rather than saying like, oh, well, I never learned that, or I don't know how they would just say like, well, I don't think that's right for you, or those are dangerous, or you don't want that. And then they would steer patients towards some other option. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it, I think this really just kind of exposes like how far gynecology has to go, yeah, right. um, which is not at all surprising considering how it started. Right. I mean, it started as like, basically we just, this dude was experimenting on, uh, former slaves, right. Or maybe slaves at the time. I'm not sure. Let me, let me Google it. I don't want to misspeak. It sounds like it has not at all creepy origins. <laughs> yeah, he he was convinced that um, black women felt less pain. Jesus Christ. So let's see. Uh, James Marion Sims is his name. Give me a year. 19th century physician working in New York, South Carolina, and Pennsylvania. Uh, okay, here we go. So his research was conducted on enslaved black women without anesthesia, without ethics, without consent. And that's how we got gynecology. So, I mean, I I guess this, like, it's, yeah, look how far we haven't come. (laughs) That now gynecologists are still feeding into this myth of virginity. Yeah, and that gynecologists are still lacking in ethics, and why aren't yeah. these doctors being um, what's the word held accountable? accountable? No, well, like a lawyer's disbarred. Oh. What's a doctor? What is yeah? What is the word for doctor? Um, well, malpractice, Mal- but yeah, that's not whatever. Whatever it is, you know where we're going. Yeah, there needs to be something else. All right, so this is disgusting. And hey, man, um, just do your fucking job. Uh, when raising your children, boys and girls, and just teach them to like themselves and know who they are and trust their instincts and trust themselves and learn consent and um, just do everything you need to do to make them decent, good, confident, strong human beings. And magically, more than likely, everything's going to be okay. They'll make some mistakes here and there. But if you do the work when you're supposed to do the work, yeah. rather than, oh, my God, she's 15 and I just found a condom in her room. I don't know. Do the work when you're supposed to do the work. Yeah, you won't have just, to worry about the hymen later. 
Yeah, I don't have to worry about that stupid shit later. Okay. Uh, so we've done TI. All right, now we have another dating letter that we've received. Do we do? And this comes from Lisa. And I re- I recognize this email address. And Lisa is she was a a frequent commenter and reader of, and that's why you're single. Good. Uh, so she says hello. Love the rebranding and womenology name, Kristen. Spell my name wrong, but whatever. And the written aspect of your offerings is really well done since you completed the training. Kudos. I'm just going to say, um, I know this is a backhanded compliment. <laughs> enjoy the compliment. Enjoy the compliment. Just enjoy the compliment. That's all I'm going to say. Enjoy the compliment. My question is how a never married 50 something woman with a decisive mind, independent nature, soul supported financially Capricorn moves forward with a divorced man that is available 24 seven tagged along with all of her personal, excuse me, personal passions and interests. It's not the letter. I'm sorry. It's up at five 30. It sounds too good to be true after online dating for in excess of 11 years. Why am I not enjoying it? Uh, is Capricorn's need for space and room to breathe the culprit? He even practices yoga and attends regularly. I have grit and he is kind, gentle, and laid back. Thoughts? Signed, joined at the hip. What thoughts do I have here? I mean, I, I really think it comes down to um, I, I don't think the Capricorn thing has anything to do with it, even though Capricorns are, were known for being very independent and very self-sufficient and very driven and very practical and needing boundaries and, and structure. But I'm not sure that really has anything to do with this. And I think maybe relying on astrology might not be the best way to go <laughs> to, to explain this. Well, I mean, you can if you want to. It's just we're not going to be able to really help that much. (laughs) I don't think this is a a Capricorn thing or an astrology thing. I think this is a, I'm a 50-year-old woman. I've been doing this on my own for a very long time. And I've really come to enjoy my own company and not feel pressured and not feel the need to be in a relationship. Like, I I think that has a lot to do with it. You know, you just, you do. And, and I'm, I'm right there with her. You know, we're the same age. I'm a Capricorn too. <laughs> and I don't, I just do not feel, oh, well, uh, this was something I wanted to bring up and I'll bring it up in a second. I don't feel compelled to be with anybody. And I, I don't know how much of that is my, my own emotional stuff and how much of it is I've built this, you know, I was looking around the other day. And I was looking at Iggy grooming Nunzio on the floor and Luca is lying on the floor next to them. And I just for a moment thought, you've built a nice little family for yourself. And it was this feeling of satisfaction, you know, where I I think we're so, we're groomed by we, I mean women, we're groomed to want a certain type of life and that life is supposed to look a certain way that we don't allow ourselves to, appreciate and and congratulate ourselves for, for for things that we accomplish you know so what if you don't have kids or so what if you don't have you're not married or so what if you don't own an apartment or whatever did you have you built something that gives you happiness and peace 
And I think really that that's success. I would say so. In in my for me, like that's you know, it's, it's taken me a really long time to get to that point. And I I, <laughs> I don't know if you heard yesterday, T-Mobile had this glitch where a bunch of texts that were sent on Valentine's Day of 2019 for, were for whatever reason delivered uh, Wednesday night. <laughs> so I'm, no, I did not. I'm walking <laughs> to yoga. I'm walking to yoga. So the, I, this is good. So I'm walking to yoga on Thursday morning. I get a text from Don. And he said, oh, this sounds like a great place. Are you having an event there? And I thought, oh, I didn't send him a text. He must be confusing me with somebody, another Kristen. Great. So I kind of go about my day, and then I see on Twitter, I replied to him later in the day, and I said, I think you meant this for someone else. And keep in mind that the last time we spoke, and I asked him, you know, why, like, we seemed to get along so well and things were so great. And, you know, why did he end things? And he said, my heart just wasn't in it. And I can't explain how much of a gut punch that was, you know, to find out, oh, you know, for those six months, I just, I just really wasn't into it. Um, and I'm thinking, I cooked for you. <laughs> so he sends the text, I send the text and I say, I think you meant this for someone else. And then he's like, no, I got it last night. And I went through my, the texts. I did a search for a word that was in the text and I found it and it was from Valentine's day. And we had gone out on Valentine's day. And I then saw the thing on Twitter that explained it. There was like a Twitter thread. So I just screenshotted it and sent it to him and he replied and he said something, I don't know. I can't remember. And he ended with, um, I hope things are, I hope things are good with you. And I just never replied. And I just felt like, I don't, I just don't feel a need to reply uh, to this. Yeah, I don't, I mean, why? It's just a polite Why, exactly. Thing to say. Like, why? You know, so you, you can exchange pleasantries for a little bit or it's not. Polite thing to say. <laughs> Ultimately, no difference. Yeah, but the, the, the point I'm trying, I'm trying to tie in is, you know, it just made me sit, I sat there for a second, I thought, is this person going to be a significant part of my life? Am I going to have any real relationship with this person? Am I going to have a real friendship or am I going to be somebody that he sends a text to when he's bored um, or when he has nobody to go out with and he's going to text me and, Oh, let's go to the movies or let's do this. Because if that's all this is going to be, I absolutely refuse to exert an ounce of effort into this. And I felt really, I felt really comfortable with that. Normally I feel that like, Oh, should I reply? And and I didn't. And I was just like, Oh, fuck it. I don't care. And so Lisa, I think when you're you're somebody who's very independent, self-sufficient and you're with someone who's very available, I think that is extremely, it's uh, terrifying (laughs) actually. If you know, when you're someone who's just been sort of doing your own thing for a very long time and, and then someone's there, and they're there all the time and they want to do everything with you and they're they're not making you chase them. One, I think that's very uh, foreign to us because that's really what dating has become for so many people is that if we're not yeah. chasing and if it's not hard, then it's not real. And two, you've built this life that you really like and you're really, you are okay by yourself. 
And so to this person who wants to sort of infringe on that, you have a choice and you are not obligated to let him, you know, I'm not going to give you the, well, you have to open up and open your world and no, you, this is your life. You're very comfortable on your own. You can incorporate him into your world, however you choose, as long as it's, you know, in, in a way that isn't hurtful, but you're not obligated to let, to be around this guy 24 seven. And if that's something he can't, deal with like if he's looking for someone who's going to be there and available and with him all the time if he can't deal with this then you know you need there needs to be a parting of the ways but i think you do need to talk with him and say you know i've been on my own for a very long time i'm very self-sufficient i'm i really enjoy my own company i'm not someone that i really i'd like to do things by myself um but that doesn't mean that I don't want to do things with you sometimes. It's just that this is the lifestyle that works best for me. And I want you to be a part of it, but I want to do it in a way where that yeah. works for both of us and not just you. To me, I, I thought this, um, I don't know if this was intentional or not, but the the phrase tagging along kind of stood out to me and implies that he's, kind of letting her take the lead to such an extent that he's he's literally just following her around. <laughs> yeah, is it is it his availability that bothers her or is it his weakness? I mean, it sounds like he's kind of just following her around. I I I wonder if he um practiced yoga before they met. Like is it is it just that you really have a lot of the same interests and now he's trying to merge your schedules or is he just following you around and if he's just following you around i mean i i think i think that's a problem at any age right <laughs> it's reasonable to be like i i would like a little space more than please? i have <laughs> please i would like a little space please yeah i think uh, that's reasonable yeah the the following around bit the tagging along tagging along those personal passions with a divorce man that is available 24-7, tagged along with all of her personal passions and interests. It sounds too good to be true after online dating for an ex excess of 11 years. Why am I not enjoying it? Because it's suffocating. That's why yes, you're not enjoying it's not it. it's too good to be true. It's it's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, this person is, is literally like a parasite. <laughs> well, let's not, go, let's not go that far and make it into that this guy is, you know, this, just a complete... A, a complete loser who has no life of his own. You have to remember too, that she, you, you have to take in mind how she's framing it and it's coming from her. She's how she's filtering it and how she's framing it. So to her, it could feel like him tagging along to him. It could be like, Oh, I just really like spending time with you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I guess I'm, I guess I'm saying like from her position, it, it sounds like it's suffocating. Right. But it's suffocating because uh, she's she's used to being doing things on her own. It's suffocating just yeah. because she doesn't like it. Sure, but that doesn't. I mean, I, I think the complaint is still legit, though. It's still fair it's, for her to absolutely. say. Absolutely, it's it's completely right. It's completely fair for her to say these are my boundaries, and I'm just I'm not a twenty four seven type of person, and I hope yeah. you can understand that. And let's try and work through this. You know. If he's, if he just doesn't seem like he has a life, and if he think if he if she feels like he's putting all this pressure on her, that's one thing. 
But if he's just really eager to spend time with her, I don't know that I would want to throw that away. Do you think it is throwing it away to say, I need some space? No, I not at all. I, I think speaking up and, and stating what your boundaries are are very, very important. But I don't think that saying, hey, I don't want to do everything together is throwing it away. I think that's setting a boundary. Yeah, oh, I don't think it is either. I think if he takes it that way, um, that's... And he can take and run with it and go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I agree. So I, I would say you need... For, you, first, you need to ask yourself... Are you being fair? Are you being fair in your assessment of this? Is this a guy who just generally, because this is just what he's used to, this is because the typical couple does spend a fair amount of time together and do things together. Not, not all time and not all couples, but you have to make sure that you're giving him a, you're, you're, you're being fair in your assessment of him. And if you feel like he's just being suffocating, Ask yourself why and ask yourself if it's, if it's valid. Yeah. You know, of course the feeling is valid, but do you prefer to be alone because you prefer to be alone or is there something deeper going on? Uh, see, I, I just feel like if you meet somebody good and it's a, and, and you enjoy them and there's attraction, try and work through the little stuff. Like try and work through stuff like this. Don't just ditch it. Yeah. Agreed. So, and, and I think we've just been, really conditioned to just throw stuff away too quickly now. So figure out if you're being fair, talk with him, lay down your boundary and you're absolutely within your right to have a boundary and say, this just the, the con like the tandem thing. It's just not for me. I love spending time with you, but I'm someone that needs a lot of alone time. And I'm hoping we can, yeah. you know, I just want to communicate that to you and I don't want it to offend you because it's not about you. It's just, this is just who I am. And, you know, and who knows what things are going to be like six months down the road. You might change. But for now, you need to, you need those boundaries set in order to stay in the relationship without, you know, in, without walking away too soon. Yeah. All right, guys, thank you so much for checking in. Follow us on all the things, Womenology Pod, Instagram and Twitter. Go to the website, womenologypod.com and submit a question. Please submit a question. We're uh, we're starting to get them more, and I'm actually very flattered because one of the biggest search terms that bring people to both sites is, and that's why you're single. Nice. And it's been a couple of years, so I'm like, wow, that's pretty flattering. So send a letter. Sarah? Yeah. Got anything else? Got anything for us besides? Good, good luck with your vagina panic, everyone. <laughs> vagina panic and hymen land. All right, people. Goodbye. Bye.